could stand please and the children are dismissed and open your Bibles in Colossians chapter 2 in the book of the New Testament Colossians chapter 2 let's look at verse 6 and verse 7 Colossians 2 verse 6 and verse 7 whatever you have the Word of God and your phone and your uh, iPad uh, on your paper Bible, whatever you have, let's open and uh, let's look at God's Word this morning. Look what it says there in Colossians chapter 2, and verse 6, all the way to verse 10. Let's read this. As ye have therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith. So ye have been taught, abounding therein, with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of man, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Let's pray heavily. Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Lord, obviously we can see that he's talking to Christians here. And pray, Father, help us, Lord, to live the Christian life with our eyes on Jesus. I pray, Father, bless each person here this morning. If there's someone here that never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, may today, Lord, they open their hearts to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we will continue our theme for the year, which is refocus. Uh, you know, in uh, the, the new generation today, they don't understand or they may be so in a museum. Uh, today we have these cell phones, uh, uh, I, I like the cell phones, <laughs> on which we, uh, we can take a picture and it's already does, it does everything for you. It focus, you can even spread it out, spread it in, you can, you can crop the picture, whatever you do. Well, in my days when I was a kid, you know, it was not like that, uh, especially when I became a teenager. Uh, cameras, you had to like focus that thing because otherwise you get a blurry picture. <laughs> you know, that's the way it was. So refocus, I think sometimes... Uh, no, I don't think sometimes, the, the way that our world is going too, I think we need to stop from time to time and refocus on what is important in our lives. What is important to you and me? Uh, well, I, today, this morning, I was talking with the kids on Psalm chapter 1, and the way of the righteous men and the way the unrighteous, we're talking about, I think we're going to stay there for the rest of the year, to be honest with you. It was such interaction, it was good to hear Young people talk about their generation, and I'm me trying to talk about my generation. <laughs> it's very different. Believe me, my generation cannot compare to their generation. But there's one thing. In every generation, there is temptation. In every generation, there is good and bad. You know, and our, our children are fa uh, facing a lot of peer pressure, a lot, from the world. But today, we're going to look at this refocus. What do I have in Jesus? You as a Christian, what do you have in Jesus? I mean, you, I can come with many messages on that, but I'm going to share to you what the Lord put in my heart this morning. But we see here in this passage about uh, uh, what we have in Jesus. It explains very, very well here this morning. So what is the secret of uh, the secret to living the Christian life? You know, I say, wow, what is the secret? People say, what is the secret about living this Christian life? For one, I'm going to tell you something. The Christian life is not a religious thing. Okay, you follow that? It's not about religion. Do, 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 don't do, do this, don't do that. It's not about that. The Christian life is about you as a person having a relationship with Jesus. Right. That's it. 
You need that relationship with Jesus. Not like, you know, my name is there in that church. My parents went to that church. My grandparents went to that church. I was baptized in that church. So I'm a Christian. No, you're not. You just have a name somewhere. So what is the Christian of the, of the, of the Christian life? It starts with Jesus. You have to receive Jesus as your Savior. And that's our start. So we all start off so well, don't we? When do we... Uh, <laughs> Every Christian starts well. How does it start well? I mean, okay, we receive Jesus as our Savior. We just don't know anything, but we know he's saved. So that's great. You know, you, we're enthusiastic. We, we're full of life. We're like, wow, I did something so good. But we have no clue what <laughs> we had done. Like a newborn baby. They're just born. You know, they're like, give me food. I'll cry, you know. Change my diaper. That's it. We Christians, you know, we just start well. We receive Jesus as our Savior, and we are filled with, with excitement and, 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 and looking forward to serve Him. I remember when I first got saved. It was exciting. Folks, I didn't lose it yet. All right? I didn't lose it yet. It was exciting when I received Jesus as my Savior. I knew how religious I was raised with my mom and dad. I made that decision to receive Jesus as my Savior. I didn't lose it yet. Because I tell you what. My God is alive. He's not in a tomb somewhere. He rose from the dead. He's alive forevermore. And I'm serving a living God, not a dead God. So why in the world I'm going to walk around like, mm, God is dead. Oh, goodness. No. He's alive, so I'm going to serve him. If I sing, I sing to him like he's listening to me. Right. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not the greatest singer, but I sing. <laughs> Some of the Lord pastors, I can't carry a tune. So what? Sing it up out of tune. That's okay. I sing happy birthday out of tune every time here, you know. And we rejoice with that. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> so we also talk well. We receive Jesus, like I said. So our sins have been forgiven. We've been restored to a relationship with God. We made peace with God. We have assurance that we go into heaven when we die. And we know that our whole life has been changed. Our Bible actually says you have been made a new creature. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. So everything started new. So we start uh, off with enthusiastic for Christ and ready to take on the whole world. Well, some do that. <laughs> but mostly like that. And then some of us seem to keep that spark, you know, through the years. We got saved and through the years it's like, hmm, we don't give in and give up and just keep on going. But others, unfortunately, fall by the wayside. And that's sad. We shouldn't feel that way. So we want to live the Christian life. How are going to we live this Christian life? Why is it so hard sometimes to live the Christian life? And I, I heard one time a Christian man, he was literally a grown-up man crying and saying, Pastor, I don't understand. I, I, I got saved. I go to church every time the doors are open. I love Jesus. I give my tithes and offerings. I pray every day. And life is so hard. Why? And I told him it was very simple to answer that question. You live in a sinful world. As opposed to God, you have a sinful nature that loves the pleasures of this world. You see that? And you have Satan going around just wanting to try to destroy your testimony. There you have it. You see, Pastor, is that hard for you? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> of course it's hard for all of us. I'm not going to say, you know, it's easy, but I tell you what, if we keep our mind focused on what is important, so what can we do in order to live this Christian life, a victorious Christian life? Let me tell you something. 
If you are Christian here this morning, you don't live in, you're not in, you're not in the sight of defeat. You're in the sight of victory because Jesus did it all for you. But you can either live for him or let your sin control you. Either way. So what is the secret of Christian life? What can we do to continue? Listen to this. Be enthusiastic, committed, reliable for the work of the things of the Lord. What can we do? What can we do to be faithful to the Lord in our lives? So in today's passage, Paul tells us three things, tells us three things here about Christian living. The Christian life is marked like by faith in Christ, is marked by freedom in Christ, and is marked by the fullness of Christ in our lives. Hey, God, just give you the outline. But we receive Jesus by faith. Now we should continue to live in Him, with Him, by faith. Listen, folks, the Christian life is a life of faith. That's what it is. We live this life by faith. We pray and we believe by faith that He is listening to. Otherwise, our prayers are just empty. We find freedom. We found freedom in Christ. Now we should see that no one takes us back or captive back to the way we used to live before. We receive the fullness of Christ, and, and you will take Paul, I take Paul the rest of the letter here, to explain what is the fullness of Christ. So let's look at this this morning from several points as we refocus on this Christian living. How can I live this Christian life in victory? You ready for that? Number one, faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. First of all, the Christian life is marked by faith in Jesus. If we don't have strong, rock-solid faith, we will live by the ways of the flesh. And we will fail miserably. we got to have a faith in the Lord that we serve. Listen, folks, it's not just, well, I'll go to church. No. Church should be the anticipation, that wonderful thing we have in our hearts to say, I'm going to go there to be with my brothers and sisters, to worship, to praise my God. But the rest of the week, I'm going to serve Him and live for Him because I have faith in Him. But you need to have that solid rock faith. That is a faith that does not waver. Oh, is God listening to my prayers? I don't know. That's a lack of faith. You follow that? I don't know if God listened to my prayers. I told you the story about a pastor friend of mine that said, many times I pray, he's like the prayers are hitting the ceiling and coming down. I look at him and I say, brother, where's your faith? Where is your faith? If you pray like that, you have no faith in God because God says when we talk to him, he's listening. He's listening. Sometimes he answers right away. Sometimes it takes a long time for him to answer. But God's time is not our time. He knows better than we do. And sometimes he chooses not to answer certain prayers. You know why? Because it's best for us. You have Van Diemen, down the line you say, Oh, Lord, well, I was foolish I was, the way I was praying. So Paul is saying here, so faith in Jesus. Right? Look what it says in verse 6 and verse 7. And as ye have therefore received Christ. I said, you are, you are saved, receive Christ. So look what it says. So walk ye in him. I said that he's, not, he's not telling you, not suggesting to. He tells you, you know, this walk of faith, you have to walk in Him, in the Lord. So by faith you receive Jesus as Lord. This is, uh, uh, this is the earliest Christian's confession. Jesus is Lord. And I believe that Jesus is Lord of all. So we confess our faith in Jesus as Lord in the in a, in a waters of baptism, of course. 
we confess our faith in Jesus as Lord every time we receive uh, a member in the church and they see the way we act and react. By faith, uh, by faith you receive Jesus as Lord. So Paul said, uh, says you need to live in Christ the same way you receive Him. Remember the day you receive Jesus as your Savior. That enthusiasm, that, that, that anticipation, all that energy, all that happiness. He says live like that the rest of your days. You say, oh, it's hard to do. Of course it is. But I tell you, can you have faith in the Lord in the midst of tears? Yes, you can. Can you trust the Lord by faith when life's hurting? Yes, you can. Folks, I've been there. Now, I'm not saying something to you that I didn't bend there. Listen, when I was dealing with cancer, I didn't lose faith in God. I did not. You know what? I was suffering, yes. I went through all that pain. I went through all those treatments. I tell you what, but my faith did not waver. It did not. And some people say, well, you're a Christian. If you have that much faith in God, why did God give you that? I don't know. But it did not waver my faith. Actually, I looked forward to go to church, to be with my church family because I thought that every Sunday was my last one. I wanted to be there and worship my God. Was it easy? No. No, I got my treatments on Friday and Sunday it was in church. You know what? It was not easy. Sometimes my whole body was shivering because I was weak taking those treatments. It's one thing that touches my heart to see people going to chemotherapy. It's not an easy thing to do. So the Christian life is lived in Christ. The Spirit of God lives in you. And therefore you live your life in Him. So part of confession uh, that Jesus is Lord means that everything we do uh, resolves around Him. We, we don't have rights to our own. We give our life to Him. And by faith we follow Him because He becomes our foundation. He becomes our life. Letter A, then you think of number one, rooted and built up in Him. Lord says in John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, he are the branches, he, are, he that abided in me, and I in him the same bringing forth much fruit, for without me he can do nothing. So, if we're going to live this Christian life, and if, we wanna, if you're going to produce fruit, we need the source. What's the source? You ever see a grapevine? What does a grapevine have? I have many branches, right? Do something, Okay. As the branches, I'd say that's it's full of clusters of grapes. And go to the source and cut it off. Just cut it. What's going to happen to that? It's going to die. It's going to dry up. It's going to die. You know why? Because there's no more nourishment. So this Christian life, for us to have this walk of faith, you know what? It's got to be rooted in Jesus. we got to go back to the source. He is our source. He is our rock. He is the nourishment that we need to live this Christian life. Because I tell you, folks, there is a lot of discouragement in our world, isn't it? There's a lot of things that can deviate our minds and, and we, we lose our focus on what, the way we're supposed to live. Life is not easy many times. Life hurts many times. But in the midst of hurt, we can have faith in Jesus. The Christian life is founded on Christ and Christ alone. It's not founded on our goodness and our good merits is in Him. The word rooted here brings to mind the image of a plant. Like I said, Jesus is much more than just the uh, foundation of our faith. He is the root. He is the source that we need. Look what he says. I am the vine. He are the branches. 
He that abided in me and in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. So Jesus is the root, the source of the Christian life. You cannot live the Christian life apart from Jesus. So people say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in Jesus. You ever heard this one? How can you claim to be a Christian and you don't believe in Jesus? What kind of Christianity is that? We live in a, a world that you come out with people that is really don't think about what they say. Listen, Christianity is about Jesus. He's the source of Christianity. So you cannot start the Christian life without him. That's why people say, I have my name in this church and this, and this thing. Like You can't have your name, whatever you want to have your name. Without Jesus, you have nothing. Christianity is with Jesus. Salvation starts with Jesus. Living the Christian life is with Jesus. And you know, by faith in him, and he, to ha even if you want your way to heaven, you have to have Jesus as well. Because he said, I am the, the way, the truth, and the light. No man come to the Father, but by me. Let it be. Strong in the faith that you, are, that you were taught. Look what it says in verse 7. Rooted and built in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So we are, we are strengthened in the faith as you were taught. The word, the word translated strengthened here in this verse means to establish or made firm. We are made firm. We are, we are grounded in the word of God. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. We are, we are rooted in, in God because we receive him as our savior. The faith, he refers to the teaching of the Christian faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the teaching of Christ, the truth about Jesus as, a, as found in the scriptures. Paul is telling us here that don't be fooled by false teachers or false teachings out there. Folks, I tell you what, be careful of what you read and how you read it. Internet is full of foolishness. They say, well, you're naive. No, I'm not because I read it myself. I don't say this for the sake of saying that. You, you look at stuff in the internet and you say, when, if you're not grounded in your Bible, if you're not grounded in the Word of God, you will be shifted away because you believe in every wind of doctrine that is out there. There's a lot of people that are teaching nonsense out there. Folks, let me put it this way. It is sad that we come to a, a day and age on which pulpits are become the joke places. Listen, if I want to go to a comedy club, I look for one. You got that? I don't see in the scriptures where Jesus joked with about people to get their attention. People came to listen to him. And he preached the word to them. I tell you what, Paul even says to Timothy, preach in season, out of season, keep on preaching. Preaching is vital for us to understand the foolishness that goes on in our world. There's a lot of false teachers, a lot of people that mislead people in a ways. Sometimes they blind themselves, other times they do it purposely because they have much to gain. But I tell you what, Paul warns us here. Stick with the gospel. Stick with the gospel. Stay grounded in Jesus in the Bible. Don't go looking for new teachings outside of Christ. Grow in what you already know. Read your Bible over and over again. Look what God says to you. Because when they come to you, you will know exactly where they are. You can detect a false teacher when they like, like they open their mouth, you already know. Whoa, stay there. 
We have to come and grow in a faith to a point in the Lord Jesus. Know our Bible so well that when these people come along, we know exactly who they are. And the Bible says they come with sheep clothes, but they're wolves. They have an agenda. Paul says something similar in Acts chapter 20 when he told his friends this in chapter 20, verse 32. It says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So to receive Christ is to believe in him, is to believe what God's word says about him. So we have to be established, grounded in your faith. Don't you listen. Don't you think that reading your Bible, memorizing your Bible, going to church, listen to the Sunday school teacher, or listen to the pastor preaching, they're like, oh, wait, now I, I have other things to do. Listen, you need that in your life. You need that in your life. I believe that America needs more Jesus in their homes. I believe that. I believe that America needs more Jesus in their homes. I believe that America needs more Jesus in public schools. I, 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 believe, I firmly believe that. Look at the condition of our teenagers today and our youth today. Sad to see. My heart goes to those kids. Let us see. Overflowing with thanksgiving. Living by faith in Christ means being rooted and built in Him. Being strengthened in a faith that you have taught. And thirdly, with thanksgiving. Be thankful for your salvation. Be thankful that you have a church to worship. Be thankful for your brothers and sisters. Be thankful for your health. Be thankful that you have a place in heaven. Be thankful that you have a Bible. Be thankful that you can interact with people. Listen, we have so many things we can be thankful for. From a Christian perspective, let people know how thankful you are. Some people do something good to you. Say thank you. Not like because they expect you, because it's what's in your heart. Number two, what we have in Jesus, we have freedom in Jesus. The Christian life is marked by faith in Christ. And secondly, the Christian life is marked by freedom in Christ. Look what it says in verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of man, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Is Paul clear right here? He's very clear in what he says. The word beware, be, watch out. Be on guard. Watch out because the world comes to you this way, but you are rooted in Christ. Stay there. You know, like, you know, we, 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 in our yard, we're looking across the, 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 the fence, and, and our neighbor's yard looks so green. Wow, how wonderful. And you wish you would live in the other house because your house is not that good. And your neighbor's doing the same thing. They will wish to live in your house, not in their house, because your house is better than their house. See how we are? So we go next door, and you look on the other side. Whose house is that? It's your house. <laughs> you forgot it's your house because it's, you're looking at somebody else's. That's what happens. Let's be thankful. Freedom in Christ. See, be aware of philosophy, vain deceit. Traditions of man and, and the rudiments of this world, they're not after God. Listen, folks, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that the world is not for God. The world is not after God. They, don't, they, they try to exclude God out of everything. Most cults prefer to recruit. Listen to this. This is not my study. 
to recruit from church rather than from unchurched people. You follow that? Most cults today prefer to recruit from church people rather than unchurched people. They look for people in churches who have spiritual interest, but not not uh, but who are not strong in their faith. You follow that? You see, they look for people that go to church, but people who are not very strong in their faith, and they're easy targets. So they come and knock on your door, and they give you a good talk. And if you're not strong in your faith, guess what happens? Oh, they talked about Jesus. I had one one time. I, was, uh, huh, I went to my mom's house. I was cutting the grass, and I was sitting outside, having a little glass of water with my mom, and these two fellows coming down the street. And they began to talk to my mother. My mother's right there. My mother is not a Christian. My mother doesn't know Bible. My mother doesn't know anything. So anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to these two fellows going on. And then she goes, yes, she was, uh, she was going all for it. She was going all for it. And then I had enough to it. I said, folks, all right, okay, one second. Let's talk together here, the three of us. Let me go get my Bible right now. So I went and got my car, got my Bible. I said, let's talk about it. Let's have a Bible study together. Oh, that was an interesting Bible study. I said, listen, would you come next week again? And one said, hey, we will be here. So I'll be here. What time do you want to be here? I'll be here. You know what? I did went there. He never showed up. I said, you know what? Let's have another Bible study here because why are you going around down the street, up and down, deceiving people? And I told him, are you deceived that you try to deceive others and you don't know? Or are you deceiving it purposely? Why don't you tell what God says in his word and leave it that way? Freedom in Christ. We, if we ground, we are grounded in, in, in the faith, if we understand what is this Christian life, we can detect them. Letter A, watch out for deceptive philosophies. So what things should we watch out for as Christians that can rob us from our freedom that you have in Jesus? First Paul says, watch out for deceptive philosophies. Paul is not talking about philosophy as an academic study, such as we have in our college and anniversary. He's not saying that. This is a much broader term that, than the way we use today. He's talking about philosophy, not as an academic dis, uh, the, the, the discipline here, but more as a way of thinking about the world and, uh, and how you view the world around you rather than a system of thoughts. So literally what they come on, they have this philosophy that can deceive you. One example, evolution. That's a philosophy. All right. So if you are a Christian and you are grounded in God's word and you look at God's word, what do you say to such a philosophy? You see that? It's a philosophy. But they talked about it. They teach about it. It's a philosophy that deceives so many people. What does God say? What does the philosopher say? God says right here in this word, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you? Are you smarter than me? Tell me. What God says about creation. So if we embrace this philosophy, what will you do with Bible? It's easy. To, look, says, if we're not grounded in our faith, how can you see the difference between one and the other? Because if you're not grounded in your faith, you embark right on this one right here. But if you look at Genesis chapter 1, then what? Paul said, watch out. Because those things can drag you out. I tell you what. 
I was in my job place, and there was a young man that began to talk to me, talk about evolution. And so I was not involved, but I was there. And suddenly, he talks about the age of the earth. And I said, and he looks at me, and I said to him, I said, oh, well, let me put it this way. You think the earth is 200 million years old? I said, where'd you got that from? I said, the Bible tells me it's about 6,000 years plus. He laughed and scorned me and mocked me. I said, listen, I'm listening to your philosophy. Why don't you listen to mine? Paul says, watch out for the seat of vain philosophy. Actually, let's go to the second point. Don't look after human traditions. Paul says this hollow and deceptive philosophy depends on human tradition and the basic principle of this world rather than Christ. Human traditions here refers to man-made teachings rather than the God-given relationship we have in the Bible. Jesus spoke about this problem choosing human tradition over the Word of God. Actually, go to, actually, go to Mark chapter 7 and verse 7. Look what it says there. Mark chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus is aware of this, and Jesus tells us, be aware of these things. Look what he says. I believe if you have a paper Bible, it might be in red as Jesus speaking. Look what it says. Mark chapter 7, verse 7, and verse 8. Look what it says. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching, look what it says, for doctrines, the commandments of man. You see that? What does Jesus said? Not every church that you go that talks about Jesus is a, a Christian church. You say, wow, that is, that is like, that is uh, offensive. Well, look what Jesus says here. It says, for lying aside the commandments of God, he hold the traditions of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things, uh, such like things you do. Even Jesus points out, listen, you do the traditions of men has nothing to do with God. And you say, well, Pastor, is traditions bad? Okay, all right, let me explain to you. Is all traditions bad? No. Is Thanksgiving bad? No, it's a great tradition. Is Fourth of July bad? No, it's a great tradition. See, is Christmas bad? No. Oh, it's all good tradition, but there are traditions on which we shouldn't get involved on because it deviates our mind from our God. You follow that? But there are traditions that's good. You probably, as a family, you have traditions. I have my traditions. We, as a, as a nation, we have traditions. They're all good. But that's not what Paul says here, neither Jesus. Look what Jesus said. For laying aside the commandments of God, he hold the traditions of men. Listen, literally, he says, Jesus says right here, you put aside what God told you to do to grab the what man is telling you to do. He said, that God is not pleased with that. And look what it says, as, he, as the washing of, uh, of pots and cups and many other things like, uh, many like things you do. And God, Jesus points that out. Those things amounts to nothing. And he says, Paul says, don't do that. Don't go after the traditions of man. Let us see. True freedom is found in Christ alone. True freedom is found in Christ alone. Listen. I've seen through the years, I see drug addicts, I see drunkards, I see thieves, I see all kinds of people have a change of life and live, left that type of life. What happened there? You tell me, what happened there? Freedom in Christ. That's what happened there. They realized when they received Jesus as Savior, they received freedom, and they had the power of the Spirit and God to say to, to those things, I won't do that anymore. 
And you know what? Men been clean from that and walk as Christian people that love Jesus. I'm not saying it happens to everybody, but freedom is found in Christ alone. He is the one who's going to give us freedom. Look what it says in John chapter 8, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you want to have freedom, is in Christ. Because the moment we, even as Christians, we leave what we have in Christ and look at the rudiments of this world, we, we're going to, it's like, like, put the handcuffs on me. And before we know, we've been, we've been in the same cesspools of sin that we were before. In Jesus, you are free from condemnation, free from guilt, free from fear, free from sin. But when you look at to, to anyone or anything other than Christ for your freedom, you are going to end up in a slavery again. And so Paul uses the warning, watch out, be alert. Don't let anyone take you captive. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore. Stand up. In the liberty wherein, wherein Christ had made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He's talking about the law here, but we can use this for other things. I tell you what, we have, we are, we, have, we found freedom in Jesus. Why are we going to go back to where we were before? We should. In Christ, we have freedom from our sin. Isn't that good to live, to live in this freedom that Jesus gave us? Isn't that good? I tell you what, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't care what the, this world will offer me. I will never go back. I don't want to go back to that former way of life. Folks, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up with the Bible around me. I was already an adult, married, when I received Jesus as my Savior. I know what the world offers. I know what's out there. Why I want to go back to that when I have freedom in Jesus here? Up point number three. What we have in Jesus, we have the fullness of Jesus. The Christian life is marked by faith in Christ. The Christian life is marked by freedom in Christ. And the Christian life is marked by the fullness in Christ. Look what it says in verse 9 and verse 10. For in him, in him who? Jesus. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Look what it says in verse 10. And ye are complete in him. Imagine that. In perfect sense like we are. And God says we are complete in him which is the head of all principalities and powers. We are complete in Him. There's nothing else. Letter A, the fullness of God lives in Christ. Verse, verse actually, Colossians 1.19 says, said it this way, it, it, it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. This is a remarkable statement. First Paul says that all the fullness of God lives in Christ. All the fullness of God, not just God attributes, but in, but in every asset, not just part of it, but all of it lives in Christ. What a response to false teachers, isn't it? Folks, it doesn't cut your heart when you see people embedded in those cults, in those religions, that literally you bring them to destruction. It costs my heart to see that. And you say, well, it's like, listen, God loves people. Satan hates people. God's creation. And Satan, Jesus said, they come to kill and to destroy. One time I was witness to this lady. 
And she's putting a front. She was arguing and arguing. And I said to her, she said, why are you arguing with the word of God? If God wants to save your soul and you're putting a fist at him. See, the fullness of God lives in Christ. Let it, let it be number two. Christ is the head over every power and authority. Some people, some people think that God is powerless, insignificant, small, far away from the affairs of men. And we think we are all. You know, well, you know I can take it. We think we are supermans or something. You know what? God is all. And the reason why we even live is because he allows us to live. But he is he's above every power and authority. God is all-powerful. Look what it says in Matthew 28, 18. All power is given uh, uh, unto me in heaven and in earth. Even Jesus testifies of that. So we have to understand that. No philosophy, no person in this world is strong is our God. Let us see. You have been given the fullness in Christ. There is, no, there is none more uh, a part of this remarkable statement. You have been given fullness in Christ. The Spirit of God lives in you. Can you imagine that? The Spirit of God lives in you. And now you can live for God because He's living in you and through you. And I tell you what, the more we try to walk by faith in the things of the Lord, the more the Spirit of God will work in you and will transform us. Folks, it doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. It is a lifelong journey. That's what it is. Look what it says, Galatians 1.9 said, To desire, I said, we have, I'm sorry, we have, the, the, we have seen the theme of fullness over and over again in the book of Colossians. Let me give you some verses about this. Colossians 1.19 says, To desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 19 says, for Colossians 1.19 says, It had pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Verse 24 says, And fill up that which is behind all the afflictions of Christ. Uh, verse 25, And the dispensations of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 says, In all riches of the full assurance of understanding, in Colossians 2, 9, it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In, ver in verse 10, it says, Ye are complete in him. Wow. God says that you and I are complete in him. Jesus said this in John chapter 10 verse 10 I am come that they might have, might have life and have more abundantly folks the world cannot give you what Christ can give you never will and what we have in Christ we have a life that we can live by faith and the world will look at you and say oh, okay. don't worry about it you know who you serve you know who your God is you know what God wants us to do step by step Living by faith. As the world mocks us, as the world looks down at us, we keep on going, marching on to glory. Because that's the God we serve. And I tell you what, the fullness of Christ in Him. He came so we can have life and more abundantly. I conclude with this. What is the secret to the Christian life? What is the secret of the Christian life? Faith. Christian is not simply living, uh, living out of creed. But a living, but living to a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. You are united with Christ by faith. You receive the strength to your life 
uh, to live the Christian life every day, you, you, with your, your relationship with him, I'm sorry, your Christian life begins with Christ and must continue with him. If you want to have a victorious Christian life, listen, I said victorious Christian life. I didn't say that. It wouldn't be obstacle and stones and roadblocks along the way. It will be. It always will be. Because we live in an imperfect world. But if we want to live a, Christian, a victorious Christian life, it must be by faith in Him. He is our source of faith. He is our, 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 the one who gives, you the, the, gives us the strength to go on over and over again. Listen, folks, this is a journey. This is a journey. And the Lord wants us to be faithful to Him. Folks, I'm not here to tell you that my faith is bigger than yours or your faith is bigger than mine. I'm not, that's not, I'm not God even to say that. What I'm saying to you this morning is a victorious Christian life is a life of faith. When we don't understand where we're going, where we don't understand where we put our steps, where we don't, when we're when we middle, over the middle of, of, of a four-way road and we don't know which way to go, we must step by faith. God wants us to trust Him in everything we do. Faith in Him. That is the secret of the Christian life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for what we have in you, Lord. We have everything we need to live a life that glorifies you. And, Lord, I pray for each person here this morning. Lord, give us more faith. 